0: This is Radio Stockdale. Welcome to Radio Stockdale. I'm Michael Sears at the Stockdale Center for Ethical Leadership. Change of pace today. We have a guest host, Dr. Sean Baker, my colleague at the Stockdale Center is talking with senior fellow Alvin Townley, also at the Stockdale Center. As you may know, in 1973, the first of over 500 known POWs were released from captivity in Southeast Asia. Sean and Alvin begin a series to talk about that homecoming, the trials and tribulations of the POWs and their wives and family at home. And now, here's Sean Hello,
1: and welcome to the first podcast with Stockdale Center Senior Fellow, Mr. Alvin Townley. He's here as part of the Stockdale Center's efforts to honor the 50th anniversary, it's hard to believe, 50 years ago in 1973, the, um, the release of the POWs, from the prison systems in North Vietnam. Not surprisingly, the Stockdale Center has an interest in commemorating that. We're working on and will have premiering over the course of this fall and 2023, the year 2023, is a uh, documentary commemorating uh, that event. It's called Passing on Wisdom that uh, has interviews with various of the POWs, as well as midshipmen reflecting on their experiences and the lessons they learned from learning about this very important period in history. And one of the great things I think about our guest is the, uh, I have to say this, Alvin, if people are, are going to ask me what one book to use to familiarize themselves with the story of the POWs, I would have to say it's yours. And the reason being is, as you know, there's there are a ton of books on the subject. And they come from different, uh, as it were, scopes. On one end of the, the widest end of that scope, you have sprawling histories like uh, Stuart Rochester and Frederick Kiley's book, Honor Bound, which is an incredible piece of work, very academic, and it covers the time period 1961 to 73, not to mention the uh, run-up to the both Vietnam conflicts. That's on one side. That tells the story of the prisoners not only in uh, uh, South Vietnam, North Vietnam, Vietnam but also Cambodia and Laos. It's quite a quite a sprawling epic, I guess you could say. And another book similar to that, a little less large in scope as POW, A A Definitive History by John Hubble. And then on the other end of the spectrum, you have books, many of them uh, by individual POWs that are more or less like memoirs, I guess you could say. And necessarily their scope is much more narrow and focused on their individual stories, one of which, uh, of course, is In Love and War, co-written by uh, Admiral Stockdale and Sybil Stockdale. And uh, there are others, Now, the advantage of uh, Alvin's book is it it strikes a happy medium. It's it's not the sprawling epic, and it is not the narrowly focused uh, memoir. What he decided to do was make the framing of his book, the focus of his book, the story of 11 particular uh, men in the uh, Hanoi prison system, that ended up for a period of approximately two years in a very small, dank, horrid prison that they gave the uh, nickname Alcatraz to. So, like I said, if, if I were to recommend, ask to recommend one book that would kind of familiarize people with this story, uh, I would recommend Alvin's book. And that's precisely the reason. It's just right in scope, I think, for a good introduction. I'm not saying it's a quick book. I'm not saying it's an easy read. And I'm also not saying it's not well-researched. I'm not saying anything like that. It's just, it's it's kind of the Goldilocks of books in a way. It just hits it just right for that purpose. So what I wanted to do, and sorry for the long-winded introduction, <laughs> Alvin, but I wanted to do was kind of get a feel in this podcast, this first episode, for how you became interested in the story and also how it was you decided to adopt that uh, medium range scope. So if you don't mind, I'll turn it over to you. And first question ask you, how did you become first become interested in the
2: story of the POWs? I'm thrilled about it. And you're very kind to say such nice things about Defiant, which was the book you're, you're talking about, about POWs. And, you know, I think that the greatest compliment I got about Defiant was from a POW named Robert Harper Shoemaker. And he was or is a distinguished graduate of the class of 1956 from the Naval Academy and was uh, one of the longest serving POWs in uh, North Vietnam at eight years and one day. And I remember we were at an event. I think we were at the Virginia Military Institute, actually, with uh, my parents. And I was doing something with um, General P there. And uh, when Sheemaker got there, was spending time with my parents and said, "You know, I loved Alvin's book, and I never wrote a book myself. But if I'd written one, it would have been Alvin's book." And And that was such a great compliment to me and to Defiant, because I think what I had tried to do was capture the essence of the the prisoner's journey and their struggle and their ordeal, not in an academic sense, not in an overly focused uh, individual sense, but rather in the way in which they experienced their situation, which was as a group. And I think that's what Bob meant, because for him, it wasn't an individual situation and it wasn't by any means an academic exercise, because he lived it, you know, it was something that he endured with and because of an extraordinary group of guys close to him. And in this particular case, he was part of the group you mentioned, the Alcatraz gang, or sometimes they're called the Alcatraz 11. And they were the 11 leading POWs in North Vietnam. And the ones that weren't the top leaders were the top troublemakers. And basically, you know, if you want to think about these 11, you can think of them as kind of Vietnam's Band of Brothers or Vietnam's Dirty Dozen, either either one. But they had become, and I'll, I'll tell you a little more about the individuals in a second, but they had become just so obnoxious and subversive and uncooperative that North Vietnamese realized that if they didn't get these 11 guys out of the handle of Hilton, they were going to lose control of the whole population. And so they uh, kicked them all out. In October of 1967, and sent them to a little dungeon that the POWs later nicknamed Alcatraz, and that's where they spent over two years in solitary confinement. You know, terrible conditions, but really kept each other's spirits up the best they could, and they endured that situation. And ultimately, um, you know, will return to the general population after the death of Ho Chi Minh, and you know, continue to be the leaders there for the the remainder of the time. And so, for me, uh, you know, the story of defiant. And Alvin Townley goes way back to when I was a kid. And my uncle, Carl Moore, took me multiple summers to the USS Yorktown in Charleston Harbor. And, and Uncle Carl had served on the Yorktown. And so there I was kind of getting introduced to naval aviation. And I didn't realize it at the time. But if I look more closely on a lot of those aircraft, I would have seen the names Robert Harper Shoemaker, Jeremiah Denton, and James B. Stockdale on the an A-4 and A-6 and a uh, F-6, I think. Because you know, so I learned a lot about naval aviation, learned to appreciate it. And like every other American male, I saw Top Gun and certainly was fascinated by naval aviation. And my writing career, I wrote a book about Eagle Scouts, because I'm an Eagle Scout. And you write about what you what you know. That was my very first book. So I was excited about it and came across George Coker, who was a POW, uh, an Eagle Scout. And he ended up being part of the Alcatraz 11 because he escaped. He got 16 miles before he got caught, which is pretty extraordinary. And that, that story is worth reading the book, Defiant. Uh, altogether, together, which is an incredible yes. story
1: of, uh, yes. a
2: tw- of a 23-year-old making a break for it. Also say that if the North Vietnamese had one missile, one surface-to-air missile they could take back, it would be the one that shot down George Coco. <laughs> he, he was just, you know, a, a hurricane uh, in their midst. Anyway, so I had interviewed him for a uh, book about uh, Eagle Scouts, and I came back to him when I wrote a book called Fly Navy. Uh, Secretary of Defense Robert Gates had got me on a couple of aircraft carriers for some research I was doing on another project. And I was so impressed with the enterprise of naval aviation. And, uh, you know, there's an article in Fox News um, – about that related to Top Gun Maverick that your listeners will be able to uh, access. I was so impressed with the enterprise of naval aviation that I decided to write this book, Fly Navy, uh, to give a civilian's perspective on that enterprise. And I went back to Commander Coker and interviewed him again. And in the process, he mentioned something called the Alcatraz 11. And I said, what what is that, sir? He said, never mentioned it? I said, no, you haven't. And he said, well, boom. And he told me the story of these 11 uh, reprobate American POWs. And he also added that the wives of the leaders, uh, Jim Stockdale, uh, Jim Mulligan, Jeremiah Denton, Sam Johnson, were some of the wives that started the National League of POW MIA families. It really gave rise to this domestic movement uh, all about bringing home the POWs, which is an extremely unifying movement for the country. And so you have this incredible story of perseverance and surviving torture and endurance in the Hanoi Hilton and the prison camps in North Vietnam on one side. And you had this extraordinary ordeal by these wives and the families on the home front. And the Navy basically told them to be quiet and that they would take care of everything. They weren't taking care of anything. And the wives realized that they were going to have to get their husbands home. And so uh, Defiant, I think, tells a story of this band of brothers in Hanoi, and a band of sisters back at home.
1: That's a very well said, and that's part of the reason I like your book is because it Bears it has that parallel with Admiral Stockdale and Sybil Stockdale's book In Love and War. Um, and you, and you tell the story I like some of the other wives as well. That story is intriguing because, in both cases, in the case of the men in Hanoi and in the case of the, the women back and, and families back in the states, um, they had to resolutely fight against attempts to to silence them or at least keep them, even if unintentionally in the case of the wives, in isolation from one another. Wives called this the
2: Navy's keep quiet policy. They thought yes. it was ridiculous. And, and looking back on it, it certainly was.
1: Uh, yes, and it, it only exacerbated the problems and, uh, in fact, encouraged the North Vietnamese to continue to do what they were doing, which was in uh, rank violation of Geneva Conventions. So thanks for the sketch of the uh, rationale behind the book. Uh, you mentioned George Coker and uh, Bob Shoemaker. I know you had the privilege of interviewing these been uh in the process of writing the book and you you got a good feel for their character and i do have to uh, reiterate your point about george Coker being a thorn in the side of the north vietnamese he most certainly was and it's absolutely amazing the man was only 23 24 years old uh, when he was doing this and he was one of the juniors you know and
2: one so- of the things that um was a very unexpected gift of the book was how, how I've gotten to be friends with, with these POWs. It literally, I talked to Bob Shoemaker last night and I talked to George Coker on Monday. And, yeah. um, you know, George Coker is called Grumpa by my kids because he is a little bit grumpy, but he and his wife stay with us twice a year uh, on their migration to and from Florida. And, you know, my kids just love Grumpa. We just have a, have a really special relationship too. And then my daughter, her middle name is Harper, which is Bob Shoemaker's middle name, and so you know he's her admiral, and so we've had a really personal relationship that uh, has been very special, a very unexpected gift of this. And you know the other thing I was telling uh, I was telling George the other day, there's a, an article coming out in uh, Taylor magazine that, that I've written about this, but I can never enjoy a shower again because every time I'm in a shower, I think you know Bob and George went like seven years without having a warm shower. And, oh my god uh, and and poor excuses poor we're excuses for sure. poor excuses for showers they were literally just trickles of fetted water and yes cold. so um, yes you know, so there, there are you know some every, everyday things that uh, I learned through this journey that make me more grateful and I think is is anyone who's ever spent time thinking about gratitude knows. You know, uh, it it makes life a lot better if you if you have a lot of gratitude. And I think knowing these POWs and understanding what they went through is something that I think can give anybody a sense of gratitude and appreciation for what some men and women endured for each other and for their country at a period in time. Yes, and I think I think also an object lesson, and I think
1: we can all take away that uh, no matter what your circumstances, no matter what adversities you may face, uh, you can get through it. And especially with the support of friends and loved ones, comrades, uh, as we clearly see with this uh, amazing story of these men and the wives. So, uh, Alvin, really appreciate this uh, initial Episode um, talking about the origins of the book. Um, can't recommend Defiant enough. It is a fantastic book. In uh, future episodes, uh, uh, we'll talk. We'll get. We'll dive into some more detail on the uh, history of the in the book, the nature of the Vietnam War, the nature of the uh, efforts the North Vietnamese were making in the treatment of the. POWs, and I think the savvy response on the part of the wives. Um, I think you're quite right to say that the U.S. government's uh, keep quiet policy was, to say the least, counterproductive, and it certainly wasn't tr- strategically very smart in that war. And the wives recognized that pretty early on. So I, yeah, there's,
2: there's a lot, there's a lot to unpack and defy it. Um, you know, yeah, I tried to make it as quick a read as you possibly could for you know covering you know really you know eight years and a lot of a lot of different storylines and tried to weave those together best i could and i would also encourage listeners after they've read defiant or as they're reading defiant if they have teenagers or um, students in college or capable preteens in terms of reading levels uh scholastic had asked me to write a young adult version of defiant and Mm -hmm. it is titled captured and it focuses a little bit more on the story of jeremiah denton Um, but is a uh, great asset if you're, you know, a a younger person in your life would like to learn about this or if you'd like them to learn about it yourself. Uh, I'm glad you
1: brought that up. I I would be remiss if I didn't mention that Alvin also worked on a documentary about Jeremiah Denton titled Jeremiah. It came out in 2015.
2: Am I correct, uh, Alvin? Uh, Alabama Public Television? 2015 and 2016. I, I can't, I think it was, I feel like it was 20. I remember we went to this uh, the the Emmy Award ceremony for it. We have, uh, ended up winning four Emmys for it, including Best Historical Documentary, which is terrific. It was a really fun night and be on the red carpet. And uh, you know, Suzanne was there and she looked great in her red dress and uh, ho- holding a gold, golden Emmy. Uh, it's, it's a nice. it's a nice accessory, will say that.
1: It's, it's a great documentary. And I have to tell you, uh, it's kind of a, there's toward the end of the film, there's a shot of Admiral Denton saluting. And saluting as people are leaving, if I, if I remember correctly, his house. And that thing, that uh, jerks some tears out of me, actually. But it's a great
2: documentary. And, it is, uh, and it's, um, it's available online. Uh, if, you, if you Google Jeremiah PBS, uh, you'll see the link for it. So you can watch it. It's 55 minutes. So it's a pretty digestible film. It's terrific. And, uh, you know, I think if you see that and, and read either "defined" or Captured, certainly you'll come away with a, uh, a much better understanding of what uh, these individuals endured.
1: Yes. And hopefully we can unpack this further as we go. Yeah. Again, I appreciate it very much, Alvin. Like I said, the next one, we'll deep dive a little more into the the nature of the Vietnam conflict. We'll discuss the code of conduct in one episode, but then what I would really like to do is allow Alvin to tell his personal stories uh, with uh, George Coker, Bob Shoemaker, and the other POWs. Devote one episode completely to those wonderful personal stories. Uh, I think the, uh, the the Boy Scout connection that you mentioned, Coker's uh, story of relying on the Boy Scout's oath in a particularly dire episode where he was being uh, forced to stand with his arms up without sleep for days on end is one of the most striking pieces of narrative I think I've ever heard uh, from these men. And that's saying a lot because there are quite a few amazingly striking stories that they've produced for us. And I do have to reiterate something that we've had. You've said in an earlier conversation, I I don't know how you resist the temptation when you were out in public with these guys not standing up and saying, hey, everybody, do you know who I'm sitting here with? Do you know his story?
2: Do you know what kind of amazing hero this person is? The reason I, I don't do it is because I know they'd kill me if I did. <laughs> yeah. uh, that, that's uh, easy instead of not to do it.
1: Yeah. They're humble, but their story needs to be told, I think.
2: All right, Alvin. Uh, thank you. Really nice to be with you.
0: You've been listening to Radio Stockdale, a series of podcasts produced by the Stockdale Center for Ethical Leadership at the United States Naval Academy. You can hear more podcasts at StockdaleCenter.com slash podcasts.